Welcome to One Extraordinary Marriage, Episode 2. You're here tonight with Elisa DiLorenzo. And Tony DiLorenzo. And we're here to talk to you about life, love, and the pursuit of intimacy in your marriage. It's been quite a week here in the DiLorenzo household. I actually spent the weekend in Michigan at a training, and Tony had a team time trial. Where were you, out in the desert in San Diego? Yeah, I was out in uh, Ocotillo Wells, or actually Ocotillo. Ocotillo. So we were apart for a few days and Tony had the kids and I was enjoying the uh, very cold weather in Lansing, Michigan. So needless to say, I'm happy to be back in San Diego. While we were enjoying 75 degree weather here in San Diego. So there you go. Talking about the weather. How often do couples find themselves talking about the stuff on the surface? Not really digging deeper into uh, what's going on in their lives. Yeah. You gonna go? I am gonna go. Okay. We often find ourselves um, sitting there just talking about the surface stuff. We've got two kids, you know, and so much of our conversation seems to revolve around what kids got what activity or what they did today that requires intervention. That or just even work wise, it's just a the real quick question: How was work when I come through the door? Well, when you're being bombarded with the kids saying "Daddy, Daddy, 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 True. Daddy." I understand that, but there are also times when I do come to, through the door and they're just watching TV and all I hear is, so how was your day at work, so honey? how was your day at work, honey? <laughs> what do you do? What do you do in that situation when the distance seems to be growing deeper or farther apart, I guess I should say, and you're losing that connection with your spouse? Do you continue to let that space grow or do you realize that you need to make a difference? And so you take the time to dig a little deeper. And start communicating. It's a, it's a skill that can be learned. And it's definitely something that evolves over the course of a marriage. Which oh. is something that Elise and I have been working on for 13 years. And we're still not perfect at it. There's nowhere near perfection. But we're getting closer. We're getting better. I'll, right, s- better. I'll say better. Um, you know, early on in our marriage, it was definitely one of those things where if I didn't want to talk about something, there really wasn't a lot that Tony could do to get me to talk. No, 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 no. If Elisa didn't want to talk, Elisa would just shut down. And so we wouldn't talk at all because there was nothing to talk about because Elisa would just stop talking, look away and completely disengage. Guilty as charged. Guilty as charged. And what we've had to learn over the years is how to move past that. On Tony's side of things, Tony doesn't remember anything that happens. Not that he's got a bad memory. It's just that once it's over, it's over. So while I might be festering on something, he's completely forgotten it even happened. Not a bad thing, but sometimes, you know, I want to, you know, rehash the past. Right. And where I've already forgotten it. Two, three hours later. Exactly. So we've had to learn each other's communication style and learn how to talk to each other so that we're not just talking about the trivial stuff like the weather. Although I must admit it was nice to hear that it was sunny and 75 here in San Diego this weekend. So how did we do this? And you know, when we, when we embarked on our 60 days, I think that was one of the biggest tests for us for communicating in our marriage. And at that point, like we said in our first episode, we'd been married 11 years. 
And I truly believe we had some good conversations in those 11 years, but the 60 days when we were truly trying to be intimate with each other each and every night, it really exploded our communications. We learned a lot. I learned a lot about how I had to talk to Elisa and how I had to listen to Elisa if we are going to be able to make love each and every night. Because let's face it, ladies, <laughs> if you're not talking, you're not getting intimate with your husband. You don't want to because we, you've heard it on the talk shows. You've heard it from, you know, the different analysts. We have a lot of words that we need to use up during the day. And Elisa has a lot of words, a lot of words. So guys out there, if you're listening, this might be an opportunity for you to understand that if you're not getting intimate with your wife, it might be she needs to talk and you need to just shut up for a bit and listen to her. Um, this has been going on now since our 60 days is the whole bedroom scene or getting able to make love is a, it comes to a point where Lisa needs to talk. And sometimes that could be up to an hour. And honestly, for that hour, I am not... <laughs> really saying much. I used to want to be, I I used to want to fix her and I used to want to sit there and tell her everything that she needed to do so we could just get this thing over with. And so we could make love sooner. Although that wasn't the wisest choice because obviously I didn't get far. Yeah. It didn't always work in his favor because if he wanted to do the hurry up, let's fix it. I was done for the night. If I didn't get all my talking done, Elisa would shut down. I would shut down. And I'm very thankful that Tony has been able to adapt to my communication style, especially before we are wanting to be intimate with one another because I need that verbal connection with him. I need to be able to tell him what's going on in my life more than just, you know, the day to day. I had to take the kids here and then we went to the doctor's appointment if things are bothering me, if things are going really well, I want to be able to share that with him. I want him to hear. I want him to hear my voice when I'm not complaining about, you know, what I had to do or where I had to go today. I want him to listen to me and really hear what I'm saying about what's going on inside of me. And I'm very thankful that through that 60 days, he was able to learn that about me and to be able to adapt so that he knows that once I've exhausted myself verbally, I am open to him physically. This is true. Although last night after you exhausted yourself verbally, you fell asleep quickly. Well, that was because I'd been you know, <laughs> gone for the last three days. I was sleep deprived from traveling back and forth to Michigan. But I was waiting for an hour and then you fell asleep on me. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes yes. I use all my words and then we both fall asleep. And then we both fall asleep. And that's and that happens, and it's okay on my side. It's okay, um, you know. It's having to express myself to Elisa too the next morning, just to sort of say, "Hey, I was sort of bummed," and just to get that off my chest because Elisa can't read my mind. And if I don't let her know what is going on in my head, it. it it's hard for her to know why I may be a little irritable the next morning when I was expecting to make love to her. Now, Tony brings up a funny point, the whole, he can't read my mind or, you know, she can't read 
you know what I'm saying. You can't read each we other's minds. Each other's minds. <laughs> I'm not really sure how to phrase <laughs> that, but you know what we're going for. Uh, we were watching a funny movie the other night. Uh, we were watching The Breakup with Vince Vaughn and Jennifer Aniston. Very good. And Gotta watch it. For those of you that haven't seen it, definitely recommend it. I'm not going to go into the plot line and you know ruin it for everyone. But basically, one of the lines that really got to us in that movie is, well, I expect, Jennifer Aniston says to Vince Vaughn, I expect you to know what I'm talking about. And he looks at her and he says, but I can't read your mind. I'm paraphrasing, but you get the idea. And that's so often, you know, when we talk to other couples, that's what we hear, you know, as a huge complaint. Well, he should know what I'm thinking. I shouldn't have to tell him all the time. And the reality is, ladies, and I'm sure this goes on the other side for men too, we, none of us, have the capability to read someone else's mind. Right. If you want your spouse to do something, if you want to have them relate to you in a certain way, if you need something from them, you need to tell them. Not with subtle hints, not with an expectation or a nagging. It needs to be very calm and accepting of where they are, but relaying what your needs are. And do it at a time when the two of you are alone. I know for myself, sometimes it starts to build up and the, and the worst thing I can do is, you know, the kids are bouncing around and all of a sudden I need to blurt this out to Elisa and it gets lost in the day-to-day of the kids running around or screaming and then we can't really sit down and talk about it. So I'd say if you're going to have that talk and I know for me, man, when I, when I have something big that's that I need to talk to Elisa about, I, I seriously, I, I have to think it over and when I finally get the gumptions to go to her, the heart is, is elevated, the heart rate's elevated, my palms get sweaty And, you know, I sometimes wonder why this happens after being married for 13 years to her. We've been dating or we've been together for 15 years. And I still just don't understand why that happens to someone I love so much. But it does. And you got to get beyond that and get in a moment where the two of you can really sit down after that. And you're not interrupted. So you can really hash out some of those issues you might be having. And a lot of that goes back to giving yourself some time and space. If there's an issue or a problem that you need to discuss, it's okay to say in the heat of the moment, I need a little bit of time. Because it's better to take the time when you're upset, angry, disappointed, whatever those emotions are, It's better to take a little bit of time, calm yourself down, collect yourself, than blurt something out or work yourself up even more and be potentially damaging to your relationship. Because when you get yourself so worked up, and I know I've done this with my children, where they start pushing my buttons and I'm trying to talk with them and they just keep upping the ante and finally I just, I lose it. I scream at them. And we do it with our spouses too this happens and that happens and it's a bad day and the car broke down and it's raining and all of a sudden he asks for something and you want to say, no, leave me alone. I don't want to talk to you. And and it gets completely blown out of proportion where if instead you had just said, you know what, give me 10 minutes. I just need to collect my thoughts and then I'll be able 
to let you know what's going on. I just can't take all of the sensory overload right now. And as a receiving spouse, you need to respect that from your spouse. Respect that they need the time and give it to them. And I'm one, and I'm not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. There are many a times when I have pushed Elisa to talk now instead of waiting the 10 or 15 minutes or getting the kids to bed where we can get some time together and man, it just makes it worse. And I'm so glad he can admit that to you. Sometimes I wonder what I'm thinking, but you know, I guess I have my own agenda sometimes and, and I'm not thinking about what Elisa might be going through or the day she's had. And I just want things all fixed. And again, this is a guy thing. I just want it fixed and let's move on so we can uh, do something else. Well, and and I think that's, you know, that's part of the difference in male-female communication. Um, you know, we women, we just want to talk about our problems. Sometimes just hearing ourselves talk, we talk ourselves right through the situation. And, you know, whether it's 10 minutes later or an hour later, as long as we've kind of been able to talk through it, we're good. Problem's done in our head. But our husbands, on the other hand, and ladies, I'm speaking to you, they hear a problem and they are problem solvers. They want to fix it. And so for Tony to be able to realize over the last year, especially as we were going through our 60 days, that I don't need a problem solver. I just need a listener. And that was tremendous amount of growth because during that 60 days, we we had to talk to each other. We couldn't let problems fester because if we did, we weren't having sex that night. You know, there was no way we were going to be intimate if, you know, I was mad that he didn't bring home the milk or that he disciplined the kids a certain way, or, you know, he was irritated with me for leaving, you know, my hair all over the sink, one of his big pet peeves. Um, You know, and we had to talk about those things. We had to talk about what this was changing in our relationship. Most definitely. Because it wasn't enough just to say, okay, day number seven, here we go. Get through the day, and then you're like, great, hop into bed. And and we had, I mean, I... I'm sure you remember. I mean, as we were, I mean, those first nine days and we've talked about, we've talked about this before, I think in our blog is, you know, we went nine days straight and man, that was one of the hardest things I ever did. I've ever done in my life. And the communicating with Elisa to let her know that because here I was, I was coming to this point where I was, I was running on sheer exhaustion and internally, I mean, here was my largest fear coming in was, Am I going to be able to continue on? And I really had to express that to Elisa. So she knew where I was, where I was. And so that way, when the 10th day came around and I talked to her that night and just said, I need a break. She wasn't going, well, what for, or what's the issue with you or anything like that. We had already built up this communication. I mean, you know, we had been having the conversations. We weren't just going through the motions of our day. We were daily talking about what was going on in our relationship and how things were changing as a result of this process. And so I knew that the fatigue was there. I knew that he was trying very hard to continue with us. And I knew that and it's very hard. I know it's so hard to believe, you know, we still talk about this and I'm thinking, <laughs> you know, you hear about guys and 
every time he says that it was very hard, I'm thinking, wow, that like shatters every stereotype or myth about male virility, sexuality that you ever hear. Just as an aside. Maybe I should have gone to Viagra. Yeah, we're not going there. <laughs> we're not going there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, um, as as we went through the process, and you know, some of you have read our blog and you know listened to the podcast last week, episode one, where we really talked in depth about the sixty days. But we went through, um, we went through a lot of ups and downs, and you know, as we mentioned on our website at oneextraordinarymarriage.com, you know, we we struggled. And it wasn't the first time in our marriage that we struggled, but it was a time in our marriage where we were struggling at being intimate daily, day in and day out. We were trying to uphold this commitment that we'd made to each other. And so as we struggled with that, we really needed to work through a lot, um, especially you know in October when things got really difficult with illness and whatnot. And so we had to have the communication foundation in place. We had to um, really be able to connect with each other because I don't honestly think we would have made it through if we didn't have the communication in place. Oh, no way. There was no way we would have made it through. And you know, after doing my time trial this weekend, it brings up, you know, when the guys and I were doing this time trial, so there was four of us and we were gonna do, we did 100 miles as a team time trial. So four of us had to complete the course together. And one of the coolest things that happened during this time trial was the communication that was continuously happening for the five hours and 15 minutes that we were out there on this course. And I almost looked at it and related to my relationship with Elisa because that constant communication I had with the three other guys and they had with me and each other allowed us to get that time. Because if we had, hadn't had communicated with each other, a lot of things could have happened. One, a guy could have dropped off. Two, we wouldn't have held the pace that we wanted to. Three, you get discouraged because you have no words of encouragement coming, okay. especially at a, at a time when you are when you're hurting and there's pain, uh, the lactic acid is burning in your legs, your heart rate is elevated, you're 50 miles in, you still have 50 miles to go. And I was really thinking about this when we were riding that our marriages are like that. They are. And, you know, I'm so fortunate to have a husband who can relate marriage to cycling. Um, hey, come <laughs> on now. <laughs> Those of you that know Tony know he spends a lot of time on his bike. And if you it's don't know. It's my passion. It's my passion. You will hear and learn that Tony spends a lot of time on his bike. And it's interesting um, how much of cycling I think actually does relate to marriage. But that's a topic for another day. Yeah, we'll talk about that on another time. Uh, one of the things I do want to get to is that we did last week after our, our podcast, um, Tony was able to get that posted last week on our website. Thank God. Thank God we got that <laughs> Yay. up and we'll he, see how well this one gets up. Yeah. Hopefully, um, it won't take him four days to put this one up. I'm hoping he learned something last week. <sighs> I want to thank you first and foremost, all of you that have listened to the podcast. We've gotten a lot of wonderful feedback and some of you have written in with questions and some of those questions have even pertained to communication. And so I wanted to, we wanted to address um, some of those questions this week. And one of them um, in conjunction with the podcast and one of our blog ep or yeah, one of our blog episodes 
in dealing with communication is how do you, how do you ask those questions? How do you dig deeper and get past just the, hey, honey, how was your day? You know, what'd you do at work today? Who'd you have lunch with? And, you know, we had to work at that. Oh, most definitely we have had to work at it. You know, we've used different tools. Um, we have a book called 201, One, great, 201, 201 great, questions. great Questions for Married Couples by Jerry Brown. We'll have it up on the website. Yeah. Um, these are questions that you can sit down in a small group setting. You can sit down one-on-one with your spouse and just flip it open and say, you know, one of them, I think it says, you know, if, if you were if you were to describe our marriage as a sport, what sport what would it be, be and be. why? So, of course, you know, Tony says cycling. Um, <laughs> I know. We're all surprised. But that was one place where we learned just different ways to talk to each other. Right. Because I think one of the things that happens over the course of a marriage is we we go through our courtship where we dig so deep. We want to know every single little thing about our our partner and all of a sudden we get married and life just starts to hit us and it becomes the conversations become more shallow and so over time it just stays shallow it it it's it's skin deep and every once in a while yeah you may get really deep but then it stops and so how can you continue doing that for years and years how do you how do you really dig deep and what questions can you ask each other that allow you to do that? Well, and I think one of the things that you just said is, you know, when when you're courting your spouse, when you're in that dating time, you know, you, you emphasize that that's when I mean, we would spend hours oh, yeah. on well, the I mean, phone. Geez. I mean, when Tony and I first met, we were in Boulder and we would spend hours talking to each other. And then when I went back to DePauw to finish my senior year, uh, our long distance phone bills, this was in the days before, you know, cell phone plans and things like that. Our long distance cell phone or our long distance bills were ridiculous. Oh, they're in the hundreds of dollars. And it we, was not good. It was not good. And this was at the advent of the internet. We're so old that, you know, we would chat, but not, not as easy as it would be today if we were yeah. dating. <laughs> <laughs> but those were days, I mean, really think about that. We would spend honestly hours talking to each other learning about each other and and then we got married <laughs> well I'm not, i don't think we just got married but i i mean I, I guess in my own in my own uh mishaps it's it seems like well i know everything about you now so there's nothing more to talk about so we begin we begin to do this real surface conversations and we're not digging deep anymore and, and really learning more about desires and dreams and passions which are continuously changing. It's it's not like we've stopped growing. Right. And that was that was one of the things that, you know, came to mind. I was writing an article for another um ebook that Tony and I are gonna be participating in. And one of the things that I was talking about in that article was that we should never stop courting our spouse. We should never stop romancing them and wooing them. And one of the things that whether your spouse is a talker like I am or somebody that doesn't use as many words like Tony, whatever their communication style is, you still need to take the time to find out what is going on with them. Whether that means you sit down when they come home from work and you say, hey, what was the best thing that happened to you today? Right. You know, did you land a new account? 
Did you have just a great meeting with your boss? What do you think about what's going on with our marriage? How are we growing together? You know, I've suggested to friends in the past, if you're not sure where to start, write down a few questions. It'll seem awkward, but so does not really talking to your spouse. And and answer those questions on a daily basis even because day to day things are changing and we're not, you know, we're not in a, a vacuum where nothing is happening to us. So if you have a particular question or two that you can ask day after day for a week, that begins to give you sort of the ups and downs of what's happening all week long. And I think you'll find as you start to ask those questions, yes, it'll be uncomfortable when you start, but it's going to become a pattern in your marriage. It's going to become an expectation that you have this time together. You make the time to make your spouse a priority and to make what's going on in their lives a priority in your own. To say, you know what? I care so much about you that guess what? I want to know what's going on in your life. And as a guy, you're going, I care so much about you. I'm going to just sit here and listen. And that's the other part of the communication piece, sitting there and listening, not interrupting, not saying, okay, well, you just need to do this. You, I, I've, got the, I've got the answer to your problem. Guys, please don't. <laughs> please just sit there and you know, look at us, look at your wife, your wife and just say, you know what? I'm just going to sit here and be quiet. She's got to talk. She doesn't want an answer. She just wants me to be present in the moment with her, just to hear her out. And I can guarantee you guys, listening to your wives in that way will do amazing things for your marriage. Yeah, it definitely will. And I can attest to that. I really can. And it's taken a lot of hard work on my part to really learn that. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> you know, it's taken me a lot to learn how to just sort of shut my mouth and just listen, but the benefits have been amazing and truly extraordinary. I, I am just so blessed to know what's happening in Elisa's life now that I don't feel disconnected from her. I, I really feel that there is a connection going between us. And if something does come up during the day, the following day or a week later, and it's just a quick little blurb, I, I don't feel that I'm missing anything. I, I know where she is and I can help her at that point in time when she is looking for advice. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and remember that communication is a two-way street. There's a time to listen and a time to talk. You know, I don't always, you know, it sounds like I talk all the time. Um, I do talk a lot. I spend good portions of my day talking, but I know when Tony has something on his heart to share with me, that it's my time to be quiet. That if, it, you know, just like he doesn't, I don't want him to be a problem solver. He doesn't need me interrupting him every five minutes with another question. So tell me about this. So wait, 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 wait. I didn't hear that part. You know, just, I just need to sit there and listen to him and share in the moment with him. And it's an amazing gift that you can give your marriage to really make it more extraordinary. When you start to open those channels of communication, when you start to really connect with what's going on deep inside your spouse, you're going to see amazing things happen in your marriage. I agree. He's such a good husband. <laughs> you know, it's always nice to hear that somebody agrees with you. That's, that's another point on communication, but uh, you know, don't just be a yes man. 
No, <laughs> don't be just a yes man. So that concludes episode two. Yeah, it does. And we uh, welcome your feedback. You can always leave comments for us on the website at www.oneextraordinarymarriage.com. We love to hear your suggestions on topics, questions for us. We won't always use all the questions, but we love, um, we love researching them and finding out what you want to hear about. Yeah. And you can either direct those questions directly to Elisa at askalisa at oneextraordinarymarriage.com or asktony at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. Thank you guys for listening tonight. We'll see and talk to you next week.